welcome into another edition of the Taken All Wrong podcast. We are back after a, a week hiatus, a bye week, as it were. Um, apparently, Go for Football should have taken a bye week as well. The program's over; it's all done. We'll, uh, we'll basically this is a coronation of the program. Our favorite memories, our favorite time of it, that kind of stuff. We'll get to it though. Um, I am Jeff. He is the one, the only J.D. Mill. Uh, no one, as far as I know, on the internet loves rowing the boat more than J.D. himself. Sir, how are the arms? You've been doing some impressive rowing right. since Saturday's game. No, I appreciate that you noticed. And, uh, yeah, I uh, all I can say is I've been enjoying it. Yeah, I was going to say that that was my that was my whole point is that you've been it's not just been rowing. It's been enjoyable rowing. And just so our tens of listeners or maybe 10 listeners uh, just are aware for the podcast, will you be taking a break from rowing during the podcast or will you be rowing while we podcast? I'm I've been rowing since before we started and I plan to continue rowing the damn boat um, and most importantly, enjoying it. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy the fact that you're going to still be rowing as we're doing this. So um, to make up for being off last week, uh, we are coming back here with not one but two special guests on the podcast. Uh, we'll start with a former uh, writer contributor to Gopher Illustrated. Uh, used to host his very own podcast, so he's doing us a favor by even coming on this one. Uh, it is the one, the only Matt O'Connell. Hello, Matt, and thanks for coming on. Hey, guys. I don't know how. I mean, special is definitely the right word when describing myself and our, our yet to be announced guest here. Um, I don't know if you're doing me a favor. Uh, I'm definitely, I don't know if I'm doing you the favor. You're definitely doing me the favor of pulling me out of, uh, of, of the oblivion of the internet and, and allowing me to, to speak on this highly rated go for podcast. Well, it's yeah. just one more thing for us to roll the boat and enjoy. It really is. Well, I do. And, and JD, I, I, I do, and I, I am here to row the boat. I'm going to do it with a, a necton mentality, and I have to say that I do enjoy uh, the trolling you have been doing to uh, a certain individual uh, since last Saturday. I appreciate it, and I thank you for, for your service, sir. Thank you. It's, uh, it's trolling in vain at this point because I've been blocked, but I've uh, decided that I will continue to do it. It's good. Excellent. You got you to think people are telling him about all the enjoyable rowing you do just to keep him informed. So he, I, I think the blocking was more just he got so overwhelmed by the joy of the rowing that you were doing that he probably just had to, had to take a break. But he'll be back, I feel like. Right. No, I'm, I, and I look forward to it. Uh, our other guest, uh, formerly of Planet Earth, now from somewhere in the internet, Ether. He has uh, reappeared on the Twitter sphere and is uh, writing at stillgothope.com. He's been writing every day for the past couple of weeks. Um, somewhere out there in the internet is uh, Mr. Frothy Gopher. Hello, sir, and uh, welcome. What up? Good to be here. Uh, you know, I wasn't going to come on until JD started going on about rowing the boat through what was a broccoli cheese soup. And yeah, that was how a I one. thought that, that the viscosity there would just make it so incredibly difficult to do. And then he questioned me and told me to, to change my best. And it was at that point when I fully adopted the Necton mentality and am now approaching life at a prefontaine pace, as I think you can probably see through the voracious blogging that I've been doing on Still Got Hope. So still happy to satisfy the same six readers that we had two years ago when we did the blog and then quit. And then two years before that, when we did the blog and then quit. So I'm just, I'm living day by day, Necton, Prefontaine, throw the boat. Uh, your six, your six readers plus us four on the podcast might give us 10 listeners. That could be a new record for us. So I'm equally excited there. I feel like we're, I, we're changing our best for the podcast as well. I, 
I suspect there's a lot of overlap in that Venn diagram, but let's pretend there's not. Let's let's just let's math's not the strong suit here. Let's just go with it. Um, so we have all you gentlemen on because uh, apparently, according to some in the Gopher Twitter sphere and on the interwebs, uh, we're done, guys. That's it. Uh, we have suffered the first loss of the PJ Fleck era, and apparently, it's time to shut it down. Um, Matt, I guess let's start with you. What are you going to do with all your free time now that apparently Gopher football is no more? Well, I've I've been burning all of my Gopher gear like um like NFL former NFL fans Excellent. have with their jerseys. Um, so um, as soon as I'm done doing that, and that'll take a while because I have a lot and I got to burn all my kids' stuff. And my son is fighting because he's you know he's ten and he he still doesn't understand that you know one loss equals the end. Right. So, uh, um, but um, I, you know, I think I'm I'm going to spend a lot of time. Um, I don't know. Uh, probably napping, I think, because, you know, and I'll have my Saturday afternoons free. So a lot of napping and uh, probably day drinking. So that's those are good things to do anyway. J.D., we know you'll be rowing. Uh, frothy, what I mean, what what are you what are you doing now that you I mean, what are you going to blog about now that it's all over? Well, it, you know, in between writing about a program that no longer exists, I've been making trips over to where TCF Bank Stadium used to be mm-hmm. and I'm. Mm-hmm basically just taking bricks off of it right now since it doesn't serve a purpose. I'm thinking about building maybe a retaining wall or maybe a, a brick pizza oven or, or, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a great, you know, four run series for, for four game series for, for Fleck. Yeah. I think he brought a lot of excitement in, but you lose that game and it's over. And I, at this point, I think it's time for Coyle and Kaler to humble themselves and, and shoot a note over to Clay's and, and maybe see if he can get the band back together again. You know, Jerry's Jerry kills still full of piss. Maybe he'll come back. I, I think it's, I think, I think it's time to, to, to make up for that mistake that we made in, in letting Clay's go. I also thought it was a nice touch by Joel Maturi to come back. And when they tore down a TCF bank stadium, he put up a, a tennis complex, um, a bit of a rowing facility, um, and what other non non uh, revenue sport did he help support? Most of them, really. I thought it was a nice touch by Joel. It was, it's, it's always good to see him contributing. If there's if there's one thing if there's one thing he brings to the table, it's a love and passion for things that don't matter. Yeah, I'm so glad we're naming buildings after him too. That's that's uh, that's a really good time. So, uh, gentlemen, we lost our first game. Um, it may not be over. As if I, I guess they, uh, from what we're being told, they are the, the game against Purdue is still going ahead as planned on Saturday. Um, they are going to West Lafayette. They are going to let Minnesota play. Apparently, depending on how that one goes, they may get to finish out the season. Um, in all seriousness, I didn't watch a single. Ridiculous. I, it is. It's pretty crazy. Uh, I didn't watch a single second of the game because I was in that uh, socialist country of Canada getting all our free health care and everything else. But they don't get football up there, so I missed it. But uh, it sounds like from the Twitter sphere that uh, things fell apart it wasn't good in any of three facets it was far from elite uh jd you are our usual recapper of games uh, and the expert on the pod uh, what were your thoughts on what happened and what went wrong against maryland yeah, yeah really just i mean stupid offense just jerry kill telling matt lime grover to run up the middle is what it felt like just constant running backs running into the asses of of uh, linemen and honestly i was thinking about it today i can't i it, in my recollection i can't think of how we figured out a way to score 24 points and, and really even be in that game because it was so vanilla um and then on defense just 
the kind of poor tackling that we haven't seen in a long time. So it was kind of a comedy of errors uh, compared to what we've seen. And the fact that we only lost by a touchdown is uh, kind of a miracle, actually. Four-string quarterback and all, they looked uh, just just a wee bit better than the previous week when they lost to UCF. We should probably also note that Central Florida might actually be good. Um, so that that one might, and also, also it's future Nebraska coach Scott Frost, unless Nebraska screws that one up, which they probably will, but I digress. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on uh, the loss to Maryland and what it means going forward? Um, you know, I have a hard time getting real worked up about it. I mean, I think that Maryland, people were over, uh, they were underrating Maryland. I mean, yes, they had a, they obviously had a, a poor game the week before. They were play, missing two quarterbacks, but uh, Maryland's a good team. They've won something like seven of their last 10 Big Ten games. I mean, this is, this is not a bad program. Um, it's a bad loss because the Gophers played poorly, but the fact that they played poorly, I mean, and poorly is probably being a little too kind. They, played downright awful for most of the game and they still had an opportunity to win and they left what at least 10 points on the field they had a missed field goal um you know tyler johnson let that one go through his hands they probably would have scored a touchdown on that drive i mean they they really should have won that game i I have a hard time getting real upset about it i'm in all honesty and i I tweeted it in response to to someone but i'm still more offended and more upset by the almost losing to rutgers a year ago than I am to losing to Maryland this week. I just I just have a hard time getting real upset about losing to, to a team that actually is pretty good. Matt, we're going to go to Frothy. We might come back to you because the, the response we were looking for was the sky is falling, it's over, everything. This whole oh, measured, oh. even keel thing. Oh. I'm, I'm not sure that's how this is supposed to work, apparently. But um, Frothy, I'm sorry. I, I, my script didn't get here. I forgot. Um, okay. it happens. I'm sorry, guys. I know. Yes. Listen, uh, we're working uh, the fire, fire everyone. There we go. Black is terrible. Is that yeah. better? There we go. I like that. Yeah, he's there, there. I like that. Uh, Frothy, you had a couple of posts after the game, one on contemplating the rest of the season, another I think was just a giant fire. Fireball for the Sunday after. Uh, can you summarize your thoughts from uh, from from your take on the Maryland game? Yeah, I mean nothing captures the feeling after that first loss of the season and waking up on Sunday morning and 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 recognizing that your dreams of Pasadena are dead like a nuclear explosion, right? So you know a few megatons of just burning emotion kind of summed everything up for me. I think. Saturday's game comes down to, to two things for me. One was, was did the team just execute really poorly? And, and I think after watching the first three games, the answer is absolutely yeah. It was, it was a, a, a very bad performance, uh, both offensively and defensively, on, on some of the points that, that Jeremy touched on. Uh, and, and consequently, you know, it's going to be tough to win Big Ten games when, when you're not executing. And, and I don't think that that's something we can expect that, that, we'll, that we should expect to see for the remainder of, of the season. I think flex teams generally execute pretty well. Um, there's a, quite a few upperclassmen on this team. So I would expect that the execution to, to, to be at a higher level, more consistent with the first three games than what we saw on Saturday. I think the second thing and the thing I'm more concerned about is the, is the play calling. And, and it applies to both offensive and, and defense. Uh, the, to Jeremy's point, you know, it was, it was Jerry Kill and Matt Limegrove run up the middle, and I've characterized the offense that we've seen thus far from from Fleck and, and crew as sort of Matt Limegrove with a with a better uh, wide receivers coach. Uh, not to knock Brian Anderson, but I will because why are we using what? 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's all it's all part of a brand. How um, dare but, you, sir? Yeah, but but I mean, even now, right? I think we've got something like the hundredth rated passing offense in the country, uh, which is not a material improvement to what we had last year. Uh, and then on, on on defense, we're not consistently generating a pass rush. And when you've got a depleted secondary, and we do now, especially with Winfield and Zoe Creighton probably out for the Purdue game. You're going to have to get to the quarterback or you're going to get chewed apart. And we're not really running any particularly interesting blitzes. It looks like we're trying to use the four guys up front to get there. And while we're strong at defensive tackle, I don't know that we have equivalent strength at defensive end. And we're just not getting to the quarterback. We couldn't phase the four-string guy last week. So going into a team you know, like Purdue, who aren't world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, uh, I'm concerned about their ability to pass the ball on a depleted secondary without any pass rush. And I guess the question becomes, do the coaches have anything more in their pocket? Are they holding anything back? Did they think that they could beat Maryland with a very vanilla scheme on offense and defense? If so, they were wrong, but at least it gives us hope that there might be something there. Or do they just not believe that they have the personnel to execute at the level that they want to? And if that's the case, we're probably in for a pretty long season. Matt or JD, follow up to that? I would add one quick thing, and I don't – I mean, nothing specific to, to what Frothy said there, but just in general, I think there's always going to be some growing pains with the new coaching staff in the same sense that the, the coaching staff's getting to know the, the personnel. The personnel's learning a lot to, to you know, be able to execute on the field, and that was one of the things, Jeff, you and I talked about kind of before the season, I think, that I mentioned was – when you've got a new coaching staff, especially one that has the ability to sort of get kids fired up and things like that, you're probably going to win a game you shouldn't win. You're probably going to lose a game or two that you shouldn't lose. And I'm hopeful at this point. I'm, I'm, a, I'm willing at this point to chalk it up to that. Just that maybe, the, uh, like Frothy said, the coaching staff either doesn't trust everything that they have from this team, or maybe they held a little bit back. Hopefully maybe it's a little bit of both. I don't know, but I think at this point I'm willing to chalk it up to maybe this was a game you lose because you just have so many new moving parts with this program right now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Both takes from, from Frothy and from Jeremy. Um, and, you know, to expand on, on what Frothy said, I mean, you're playing with a defense with your best defensive player missed most of the game. Um, you know, Fleck obviously hates everyone by suspending Duke McGee um, and Tavion Devers because why else would you suspend them? It's outrageous. Um, why doesn't he tell us more? He needs to tell us why yeah, they're uh, – we deserve I, to Yeah, know. I mean, yeah, we – absolutely. And and you're playing with defensive ends who are are basically linebackers. I mean, not basically. They're, they're linebackers, let's be honest. I mean, Carter Coughlin is, is a good pass rusher. But he's not a defensive end, and I love Carter. Uh, you know, go Eagles! But um, you know, the, he's he's a linebacker, and you know, you're playing with Winston the Latabordier on the other side, who is the same size, if not smaller, than Carter Coughlin. So yeah, I mean, your end they're great on pass rush, or should be. But how are those guys supposed to hold up against the run when they're 240 pounds? Uh, so so um, I think that the fact that it took this long to kind of expose that. Um, might be a bigger surprise than the fact that that certain things looked better earlier in the season. So um, I, I guess this really shouldn't be a surprise 
that that we had some struggles on defense. So I, I I'm okay with that. I mean, it'll it'll take time. They have to get their personnel and and give it a few years, and we'll be okay. Oh, but uh, uh, there I'm being kind of positive again, and I apologize. Shoot. It's okay. We'll we'll let it slide again for this time. Uh, you know, Jerry and I have talked before about how when before Kill came in here at Northern Illinois, they had a pretty diverse offense. I mean, they did some things. They spread it out. They had good quarterback play. I mean, we saw Northern Illinois run all over uh, Brew and the Ghosts on the TCF field the year before he got the job. And then when they got here, very conservative, very vanilla, very risk averse, and they never seemed to get away from it. I know we're only, what, four games into the season, but, I mean, is there something in the water at TCF? Is there something in the air at the Nagurski Complex where the coaches come here and just feel like, oh, my God, we can't throw the ball forward. We just need to run up the middle. We can't. It just seems strange that we have the second straight coaching staff who have done other things here have, have at least started off. All right, let me rephrase it this way. Are you guys, I guess, surprised at Flex's approach to offense thus far in the way he's handled the team? Sorry. Uh, not – uh, not in terms of um, in terms of them running the ball, yes, because uh, uh, you know, what, you know, you, well, they may not have uh, their guys necessarily at quarterback on the offensive line. Um, they do have two pretty good running backs who are proven. So, yes, in terms of the way they're running the ball, I am surprised that they continue to just pound it up the middle. At quarterback, I'm not surprised. Um, I, I think uh, uh, clearly. You know, Connor Road is not their their guy. Clearly, Demi Croft is not their guy, um, and neither of them really, I don't think, bring to the table full fully what they want. Which is why I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a, a true freshman starting ne- next year and potentially the year after, even um, uh, when you know they have an opportunity to kind of bring their guy into the into the fold. So I was I was going to write a piece on uh, comparing. Uh, kills complete and total risk averse transformation when he came from Northern Illinois to, to Minnesota and refused to ever pass over the middle and ran up the middle and only through, you know, corners and sideline routes to mitigate the risk entirely and, and, and compare it, uh, to what Fleck was doing uh, so far. And then people told me that if I did that, Brian Anderson would retweet it and it might make him happy. So I decided to go a, a, a different route because F that guy. Anyway, um, no, I mean, I think we're, we're four games in. It, it's pretty difficult to make a make broad conclusions around the the sort of offense that, that Fleck is, is running. You know, like 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 Matt said, it, it, it's hard for me to understand why we're not ever testing the edge uh, in in the running game. We've got guys who can do it. You know, the the, the jet sweep seems like it should be a pretty uh, good uh, tool for us, given the fact that both Brooks and Smith can run it, and there's a lot of misdirection that you can do with both of them in the game at the same time. We haven't done that yet. And, and that's where I get to the: Are we? Did we think we could beat Maryland from a from a pure vanilla playbook? And can we expect to see it opened up a little bit right now? Things like the jet sweep or outside zone, etc., are just not particularly complicated things to to run. So I'd be surprised if that were the sort of thing that they were that they were holding back. Uh, so you know, I guess I guess we'll see. I, I'm optimistic that the offensive playbook is going to grow as the season goes on. I don't think for a second that two years from now we should we will be seeing PJ Fleck run a extraordinarily conservative run up the middle offense. I think a lot of it is just getting some more wide receiver talent in here because we're pretty thin there. 
And frankly, Rhoda is, while uh, terrifically serviceable uh, in, in the role that he's playing right now, he's not the kind of guy that's that's going to get you over the hump, and he's pretty limited in terms of his, his ability to rush the ball. So uh, I, I, I think it's far too premature to, to, to judge the, the, the Fleck offense and, and compare it to Kill at, at this point. Uh, but, you know, in two years from now, you can scream at me uh, and tell me that I was wrong because I probably won't be running the blog then. JD, I, you know, I it's obviously agree with both of you guys on on that piece. I think what's interesting about you know the the fact that I actually had uh, some coworkers that were at the game who a couple of them are Gopher fans, the others definitely are not Gopher fans, and one of the guys who I was talking to, who's a Wisconsin fan, oh, actually, who that guy? Said, yeah, I know. Unfortunately, he's also my boss, but uh, oh, anyway. Good job. Uh, uh, we're hiring. Come on. <laughs> uh, he said to me, uh, that was a boring football game. That was terrible football. And I, <clears throat> because he's my boss and because I haven't worked for him that long, I didn't push back. But I thought, you know, 55 points were scored in that game. And I still feel like you did, that, that it was a boring game. And, you know, I think the thing that there's concern about, and obviously, Frothy, you've written about this, is there's some concern that Fleck is willing to tank the season to build the culture. And I think we've felt like for a while we've been teetering on that. How was this going to go? And maybe bringing Rhoda back was a sign of that. I still have major concerns that we're going to be incredibly limited this year. Uh, by quarterback play, I agree with you guys that there should be ways that we can get to the edge to to at least keep teams honest. And if we got to throw Rhoda out there, you know, four or five times a game to run the ball, if we force him to do it just to keep defenses honest, we have to do it. I don't think that this is a coaching staff that doesn't have the ability to make an adjustment. That was one of the things that concerned me in this game was we didn't see really anything different in the second half. Um, so, you know, my hope is there's something that they see in games going forward or they just start to be a little more willing to take chances. It's what's going to have to happen. You're not going to win games with that kind of uh, game plan against probably anybody else on the schedule except maybe Illinois, and that's even a question mark because they still have, well, they still have MAC talent. But in any case, I don't think that this is a coaching staff that's tanking anything. I do think that there's the ability to make changes there, and I hope that they've they've got the ability to do that in, in quick time against a Purdue team that has definitely looked better, um, and you know we still don't have a lot of film on them. How dare you besmirch the good name of Lovey Smith, sir? How dare you? I I did not mention him by name. <laughs> Perhaps it was the implied part of it. Uh, Demi Croft is back from suspension, double secret probation. Um, 
do we see him on the field again? Do we think he actually earns his way back to playing time at some point this season? I would personally, I think just with the running ability, it would be nice to see him mixed in again from time to time because he's shown he actually will keep on the read option and give the defense something else to look at. But do we think Demry makes an appearance again? You know, I, I, I came into the season extraordinarily skeptical of the uh, the two-quarterback approach that, that Fleck was taking, the, the old mantra, if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got none. And I actually thought it worked pretty well at times. It, 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 they, they, you know, Demery isn't, isn't you know, going to be confused for Terrell Pryor anytime soon, but he does have that ability to, to test the edge in ways that Connor, Connor Rhoda either is unwilling to do or is being told not to do and when your base offense is inside zone and the option to keep that ball for the quarterback is critical to opening things up for your for your running backs and Rhoda won't do it and it seemed like Demery was was able to uh, unfortunately I just based on the circumstances and reading between the lines of what's been out there the suspension sort of came out of nowhere Fleck has sort of hinted at the fact that it was culture related and like Jeremy said a few minutes ago, it, it, I don't think Fleck is going to make any compromises when it comes to the culture. I think if we don't win another game the rest of the year, but the culture is adopted, he's okay with that. We're going to be tearing at our collars and pulling our hair out, but it, it, with a coach with a long-term contract and can take a long-term view on this and sacrificing this year, four years, say three and four, uh, by benching your co-starting quarterback uh, might be the, the best thing to do for the program in, in the long run. So if it, if it was culture-related, and I don't know anything for certain, I, I would be somewhat surprised if we see him again. Well, and how are we going to run him off and get that open scholarship if we let him play again? We can't give this guy any hope that he can, that he can earn a starting job next year um, if we want that scholarship open. So I say do what we can to run him off now and, and open up that, that ride for somebody else. So, no, we do not. I'd say there's a better chance we see Seth Green um, or, or maybe even Tanner Morgan. Um, and I'm not on the play Tanner Morgan bandwagon, um, even though I think at one point I did go on record. And by on record, I mean I told my 10-year-old son uh, that Tanner Morgan would be a starter at some point this year. So, um Take that for what it's worth. Everybody knows my. Uh, when it comes to predictions, take it to the bank. I'm I'm right. So clearly, yeah. I definitely I, I I'm in the boat that says we we ah there I am there you are the you're here. in the row in the boat but row in the boat and and enjoying it. Um, I'm in the boat that says that uh, Croft won't play again and and I mean if he doesn't play again this year, I can't imagine that he's back. Next year, like Frothy said, if, if it's a cultural thing, then I, I don't think he'll play. The other side of the coin with that is I just don't think either one of these guys were ever the quarterback that this coaching staff saw in this offense. And so there's just no reason for them to to uh, to make that a, a thing that's going to happen. So, you know, uh, probably a Seth Green sighting if we need a backup. Um, it was interesting, I thought, earlier this week that suddenly the media was asking questions about Tanner Morgan, even though he's not on the uh, on the uh, depth chart. And then 
mysteriously, we have a third quarterback being Demery Croft on the depth chart. Just a, a very strange kind of turn of events uh, within a couple hours there. But uh, no, I agree. I, I don't. I don't think he sees the field again. If he does, maybe it's a complete emergency. But uh, on top of that, I, I can't imagine that he's back with the team next year if that's the case. Can you can you imagine if Fleck hadn't basically begged Rhoda to come back for another year and Demry ends up getting suspended and the quarterbacks on the roster are Seth Green and Tanner Morgan and maybe maybe we don't run poor Neil McLaurin, Dexter Foreman 2.0 off the off the roster uh, as he was brought in as kind of a patsy to make sure that Seth Green was going to be satisfied under year two of Clay's, but. If that ends up happening and, and Seth Green and Tanner Morgan are our quarterbacks, I mean, we are, wow. I, I don't know that there's enough boots to get me through the season. That, hey, guys. We could uh, be looking at that next year, thing. which is fun. Oh, sorry. Uh, somebody else wants to talk about the quarterback situation. It's my wife. Oh, my gosh. Hi. 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 Hi, Mrs. Hi, Mrs. Day. <laughs> I think Seth Green would be a terrible quarterback. He's too short. You are you're referring to Seth Green, the actor? Yes. Mm. And, I, and he's got to be, yeah, he's got to be 40-something years old. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a very good running option either. Right. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'd you really know, like to. I, I, I told you my points are valid. You're right. I still Thanks think, for bringing the whiskey. I yeah. still think his best work is Robot Chicken. Am I wrong? Robot Chicken? Oh, that's funny, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you for the courtesy laugh. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. I texted my wife and asked her to bring me the bottle of whiskey, and she asked to be on the air. And here we are. That this wow. is why this is this is why it's magic when we don't prepare. Well, yeah, but you don't you don't you don't find this on on Gopher Illustrated podcast. No, you don't find no. this on the David Gophers podcast. Careful. This is the sort of this is the sort of down home family feeling that you can only get with taking all wrong, and, and and this little group that we've got here tonight. I agree, and guys, a little known Seth Green fact, uh, and I Seth Green the the short actor, not Seth Green the backup quarterback. He and I share a birthday. I just found this out. I wanted uh-huh. to know. Uh, I wanted to know how old he was. Uh, he is three years older than I am, but we have the same birthday. So, is it soon? Uh, no, February. So, no, not uh, not too soon. But okay. And he's only he's only five foot four. He is definitely too short to play. Uh, so, JD, your wife is correct. He is too short to play quarterback. Thank you. I'm glad we have ruled out (laughs) Seth Green as an option at go for quarterback. We have, if nothing else, we have decided that. So he was excellent in can't hardly wait though. Um, probably my favorite Seth Green movie named after a replacement song. (laughs) 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 I like speaking speaking of not having enough booze to get through the season. I'm not sure I have enough booze to get through this podcast. If this keeps Uh. up. Jeffrey, take the wheel. Uh, can, is your wife? Can she bring me some booze as well? I'm running low as, as well at the moment. Uh, this could be uh, this could be an issue, but um, basically. So what you guys are saying is that basically we just need to hang on till 2019, and when Hank Bachmeyer signs, how soon is too soon to book my tickets to Pasadena? Once we get an actual real quarterback, is it is 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 signing day too soon? Now, 
What's wrong with now? It's a good point. It, it, you know, it, I had this conversation with a few people after the game, um, and that we had written off the, uh, the 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 2017 season with the loss to Maryland, which, frankly, I think is fair. We're, we're not going to the Rose Bowl this year. And that people, people I, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, and people keep pointing to the, the 2019 season as, as you know, the, this is the year. This is totally the year. And that one one twenty is when we play, play in the road. And I, I, I find it really difficult, you know, as, as much of a curmudgeon and as pessimistic as I am to write off the entire 2018 season four games into the 2017 season. I don't think that next year's schedule looks to be all that terrible. Uh, it certainly looks to be pretty comparable with this year and next year, the Rose bowl isn't, isn't the playoff game. So I'm, I'm keeping the dream alive, but I, it, it, it seems to me just kind of reading what's happening on 24 seven, the, my, in my mind, the, the 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 better of the, the the recruiting sites out there. It really seems like there's a lot of smoke behind the Bachmeyer uh, news that, that he's he's really given us a consideration. So I'm uh, I'm super pumped about that. I think if we can get a quarterback of that sort of caliber sometime in the near future, and quarterbacks tend to sign early uh, relative to some of the other positions. That's going to open things up for for Quentin Carroll and a number of other highly skilled wide receivers because that quarterback is just your bell cow, can get all sorts of other people in that might not otherwise come. So hopefully that happens in the relatively near future. And then, uh, yeah, maybe we've got a a true freshman starting quarterback in 2019 that takes us to Pasadena. I think it's reasonable. I got to say, watching the first four games has put a bit of a damper on my hopes for next season. I mean, we lose very... We don't have many seniors on the team this year that we lose. It's a lot of guys coming back, but if we don't have a quarterback, and considering Demery has spent half the year suspended or on the bench, and that they are apparently so scared to play Seth Green that they won't even let Connor Rota keep on the read option, uh, I don't know what the prospects are for next year. If it's just going to be more run up the middle, and then let's let's pray to the football gods that we get a quarterback for 2019. But it's it's things looking into the future. You, know, I'm at least happy that it sounds like we still have faith in PJ Fleck, and that maybe uh, after his first loss, that you know, judging judging him based on that one loss might be a little might be a little overboard. It seems. Well, I'm not, I'm not writing off, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a fool because I I'm completely blanking on the kid's name, but the the Ohio quarterback uh, Armstrong yeah, Armstrong uh, Brendan Armstrong I, I'm not ready to write that kid off yet as making an impact as a fre- true freshman next year. I mean he uh, he appears to have a big arm. Uh, he's putting up ridiculous numbers in Ohio. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him step in and play next year now i mean is he gonna you know lead us to the promised land in year one probably not but um it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ends up the starter from day one and and ends up being far more effective than anybody on the roster currently um and and you know potentially then pushing back or or Burtz or whoever ends up uh, the quarterback in 2019 uh you know into a red shirt role and then you know sitting for a few years i i, I don't think uh, we should we should write off armstrong by any means well and i i would agree with that i'm certainly not the recruiting guru that uh, you are or or that frothy is but um you know i think there's two other reasons that that's plausible number one uh he appears to be the kind of quarterback that the staff likes he's got the ability to run 
um, and, and probably run this kind of offense. And number two, I believe I've seen that he's got a potential to be an early enrollee, which is always helpful for quarterbacks. So, um, you know, given what we might have coming back, which could potentially be, I mean, we literally have the potential next year of going into the season with a, without a quarterback on the roster that's taken a snap in live game action. Am I, is that correct? Um, but I mean, given that that's the case, uh, you know, this is a staff that's certainly shown that it's not afraid to play freshmen. So I think there is some plausibility to that. Yeah. That's pretty pretty consistent. That's pretty consistent with what Fleck did his first year in Western Michigan, where they won one game, which was basically just throw all your freshmen out there to learn together and die in the fire together. And that ultimately is what led to their Cotton Bowl appearance last year. So it wouldn't surprise me even if this becomes a culture year and we only win four games to start to see red shirts getting pulled even this late into the season. So we could see like a Chris Altman Bell or someone like that. Maybe you get a Tanner Morgan out there to take some snaps uh, just to get them experienced, to get them playing together, to get their butts kicked, frankly, uh, so that they know what to expect in, in coming years. I think Fleck is a little bit, an orthodox in that sense, but I'm I'm with I'm with Matt here. I, I think our starting quarterback next year is going to be uh, Brennan Armstrong. I don't think that that necessarily means that Bonkbier is is going to end up being redshirted. I think you know, he is the number three or four quarterback in the country, and I think that he's probably one of those guys who will come in and challenge to start on on day one. And I I don't think that Fleck is going to take the the kill. Clay's approach of coddling the starting quarterback and not having legitimate competition at that spot. I think that Fleck will ultimately make a decision uh, on, on, on one guy to, to be the leader. And if the other guy can, can play a role and bring a different dynamic, I certainly think that could happen too. Were they coddling or did they just not know how to develop quarterbacks? Sorry, is this thing on? Um, anyway, so. Um, no, well, fair. That's a fair statement. I don't think that's a that, that's absolutely a fair statement. Um, and obviously, they couldn't recruit quarterbacks, so why we thought they should be able to develop them, I don't know. Well, I think, so. yeah, I think the answer is both. They were they were coddling, and they couldn't develop quarterbacks. I mean, look at what Philip Nelson did at Eastern Carolina. Look at what Chris Streveler is doing in South Dakota. Yeah. They're lighting it up, and these guys were absolutely horrible when when they were here. So. I don't. I don't know how you can you can say anything differently. And yeah, I think they chose who their starting quarterbacks were going to be, and they made sure that there was very limited competition behind them, so they felt secure in their jobs. Yeah, we we heard the leadership talk every spring before practice even started about what great leaders they were, and this was our guy. So it's like, oh, all right, great. Well, this is our quarterback. But and now and now and now all Fleck talks about when it comes to leadership is geese. <laughs> What an awful animal. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Car- someone said today, though, the carp of the sky. I was like, oh, I like that. That's pretty good. Oh, that's good. I do like that. Carp of the sky. That's yeah. good. I do like that. It's nice. Oh, the oh, geese. Uh, before we get to, uh, well, I think we touched on this a bit, but before we get to Purdue, um, Jared and I both predicted, I think, before the season, we'd get to seven wins. Do we even hit bowl eligibility based on what you've seen and the way the Big Ten schedule is shaping up? Uh, anyone who wants to start, jump in. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I got to go look at the schedule. I got to remind myself. Um, but sure, yes, sure, why not? Yeah, I, I think that 
I mean, what, six wins, so they need three more. Um, They got Illinois left. Uh, I still think that Purdue is beatable. Uh, Yeah, I think they'll find – they can find it. They'll find a way. Iowa may – Iowa may be in worse shape than uh, Minnesota is by the you know by the time they get there. So um, yeah, I, I think they, there's still a realistic possibility that they could they can find three more wins out of these next what seven games. Well, and Nebraska is definitely not in great shape, so that that certainly is suddenly looks interesting. You know, I think I, I mentioned to some people, and I don't know where it was. I, I at this point. I definitely think we get to six wins. I mean, finding three wins along the rest of the schedule, I think, is is something that'll happen because there's just still a lot of questions with everybody else in addition to us. So I think there's a lot of coin tosses in the West. Obviously, Wisconsin looks pretty good. That schedule looks awful. Um, so they're going to have a, a, an easy path to get there, but... I think as far as what our schedule looks like, I think there's going to be a bunch of coin tosses, and um, I think we win our fair share. I'm at the point right now, I think I predicted seven wins before the season. I'm probably at a, at a six right now just because, um, you know, I, 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 I think there's some concerns, obviously, about uh, in regards to what we've talked about today. And um, certainly some of the, you know, Purdue looks better. Um, but there's other question marks. So it's still such a toss up at this point. I, I started the season uh, at 10 and two and I'm still at 10 and two. You look at the schedule, there's nobody that's unbeatable on there. I mean, hell Purdue stuck with Michigan at Michigan for three quarters. So why can't we, you know, in, in, you know, I, I hope that we don't have a night game at Kinnick because they're absolutely unbeatable. It seems against even the best teams in the country there. So hopefully we get a, a morning or an afternoon game. Michigan State has looked pretty pedestrian. Uh, Purdue and Illinois or Purdue and Illinois. And, and Nebraska looks pretty bad, to be totally honest. And then it just comes down to Wisconsin. And there are bugaboo. I think you, know, it, 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 you could make a case that we're probably the toughest game that they have on the remainder of the schedule. And I think that Fleck is really pointing and leading everything up toward that game and that he is going to have that team absolutely ready to go. And I'm not talking about that. Not our backs. It's going to be an ax. I mean, he's like actually going to have the team ready to go. And I think, I think that that game is going to be a coin toss. I think we'll probably come in, you know, reasonable underdogs. Uh, but I really believe, you know, for the first time in a long time that this is the year that, that we're going to take Wisconsin down. So <laughs> I'm sticking with ten and two uh, until we lose that third game. I don't. I don't want a night game at Kinnick just because I worry about the children's hospital kids. It's way past their bedtime. They're not going to be able to stay up to watch that game, are they? It's way too they late do. for them. They do need to get some sleep. They need to rest. It's, uh, agreed. It's part of the recovery. Let's let's think of the children for once, can we? I also don't like that Iowa actually does one good thing because it, I mean, I still hate them with every fiber of my being and it's still my uh, most hated fan base in all of sports, but I, I don't like that they have the one good thing with the kids. It's like, oh, good, let's let's do this so we can say nice things about Iowa. I don't like it at all. I would like yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I would with like you. I hated that. I would like it if between the first and second quarters that everyone at TCF Bank Stadium did a wanking motion. And I would like to see that featured on uh, on uh, ESPN Game Day. 
Just just put a, put a picture of Brew up on the board, and we can all salute him between the first and second. Just everyone yeah, do exactly. what, what comes You're, to mind yeah. first. And just, just 50, 55,000 wanking motions. Yep. Or 110, or 110 if you use both hands. Or you could just do a two-minute clip of Mason talking about how he never he never had the TCF Bank Stadium to recruit with, and if he would have had that, he'd still be here and on it. On oh a God, don't get me. Yeah, please, please oh, don't boy, get me started. There is a whole <laughs> lot that we could wanking motion to. I like this. This might be our new tradition. Let's, uh, just a different coach every week that we can just put up there. Jerry, you know, we'll put Jerry up there because he's upset with us. I also saw on the Twitters that apparently yeah, we know. ran. Do you guys know that we ran Jerry out of out of a job? I didn't know that. Yeah, that, is, that, that might be my favorite uh, current Twitter conspiracy is that that somehow Minnesota fired Jerry yep. Kill, uh, you know, and we ran him off. Yep, we ran him uh, off. How, why we would have done that, I don't know. But yeah. That's, that seems to be a Nebraska fan-driven one, and I really like it. I saw that one the other day, and I was just like, "Really? We apparently we ran the guy off. It was wasn't wasn't the seizures, wasn't the health condition, it wasn't that he's a coachaholic and came back to it as soon as he could. It's that apparently we ran him off. So we'll run with that one. We gave him seizures. We gave him. Oh, we were slipping things right. in that's, his diet coke to give him seizures. That's a great point. Uh, by the yeah, way, that's, really, that's, our, really that's our new end of season rival, Nebraska. I definitely, we should absolutely be embracing that and that we were the reason, and we are still the reason that Jerry Kill has seizures. Well, that's, yeah, obviously. But <laughs> you could put up on the board just showing Kill when he went down with the seat. No, sorry, that we're not going to do that. That could oh, be our new yeah. thing. But no, we won't do that. Too, too soon. soon. Too soon. Get well, Jerry. We, we hope you're better with the uh, the run up the middle offense and Rutgers, and that all goes well. He's been surprised. He's been surprisingly quiet as far as ripping the Gophers go. He's been all off season talking about what a program we were. But um, anyway, let's transition to Purdue. It's the opponent for Saturday. It's a two thirty kick, I believe. Um, an afternoon affair. Uh, Jeff Brom appears to be a football wizard. I can neither confirm or deny that he may be using dark magic to turn what was a god-awful team under Daryl Hazel uh, into what's been a pretty competent team already. We kind of hoped we'd get at least one more, uh, one more year to make fun of Purdue before they got uh, at least credible, but they look to be already there. They've been solid so far. Purdue favorite. I think I've seen three or three and a half as far as the, the betting line goes, which, uh, which shows, I mean, hey, it's more than we thought they'd be. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, the Gophers against Purdue? JD, we'll start with you. Um, uh, you know, obviously that's a def- definitely an improved team, and uh, I mean, Brom is specifically on the defensive side really made some strides there. It's again, it's so early in the season. I mean, we've obviously said it a bunch of times about the Gophers. It's so early to really make a judgment call. Obviously, it was they did a great job hanging with Michigan, um, hanging around with Louisville. I sort of contend, and I've said this a couple places that really all they've done is is you know do what a middling Big Ten team should do, um, which is you know hang with uh, the big boys and beat the the teams that are below them. Having said that, um, you know maybe the Gophers haven't quite done that yet themselves so i'm not sure i i I have a lot of trepidation about this game coming up um i tend to think we win it just because i'm an optimist but um but yeah they are they are definitely improved and in short order i i think brown took over uh, you know um 
Yeah, a bad team, but you know he had a fairly favorable quarterback situation. He had you know a good quarterback there. They they did have some pieces, and I guess in the in the same way that you know Kill and, and actually Fleck, I mean he brought in pretty much an entire staff with him, so uh, there was no learning curve there. I, I think um, you know I think Brom's a good coach. I mean he's a guy I definitely would have I would have championed as a potential coach for the Gophers had you know things worked out a little differently and he'd been available. Um, and obviously he's so far proving me right. Um, I, I don't know what to think. I'm kind of with JD on this. I, I don't know quite what to think about where they really are. You know, how much emotion are they playing with? How, you know, yeah, I mean, they beat Missouri, but Missouri's pretty terrible. Um, is Michigan really as good as people think? I don't know. I don't think Louisville's as good as people think. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm waiting for my first, the Gophers hired the wrong guy story. Um, and that we should have hired Jeff Brom, even though Brom was hired, you know, two months before PJ Fleck. But you know, that's just me. Well, thanks for giving me something to write about tonight, Matt. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think from a uh, if we have if we have Antoine Winfield and, and Zoe Creighton going into this game, I, I feel like we win by ten. Without them, I, I, I'm a little bit concerned that Purdue is going to score uh, score more points maybe than we're going to be able to unless the offense becomes substantially uh, more dynamic. I'm, I'm of the belief that we're going to see much better and different offense this week than, than what we've seen uh, and that we're going to be able to, to beat Purdue. Uh, I do think that Purdue is a lot better. I think that there's a decent chance that Purdue would have gotten through our schedule 4-0. They would have beaten Maryland. And I don't know that we would have done any better than than the two and two that, that they put up through their first four games. So I think they're two very comparable teams. I think Purdue was in a lot worse shape from a talent and organizational perspective uh, than what we were. I think Brom has done an amazing job getting them turned around really, really quickly. I think we managed to squeak this one out, uh, but it's going to be uh, it, we're going to be clenched until uh, the final seconds. I, I like your optimism. I like the optimism all the way around here. I, I got to think they bounce back here. One game does not the season make, as it were. It was not a good showing against Maryland, but there's more here than we've seen. I'm going to hope, and I've been burned by this before, at least by the previous staff, that as you guys have kind of been saying, that there's more here offensively. That even with the loss of Demetrius Douglas, um, that even though we don't have a backup quarterback, that uh, maybe we will see a little more from the offense than we've seen in the past couple of weeks. There'll be a few more wrinkles. We'll open it up a little bit. Uh, and then hopefully we, we get uh, we get a good showing against Purdue and, and come out with a win. I at least like that we agree with that. Gentlemen, anything else before we go that we need to, to discuss, go for football related? Do we miss anything? Did we talk about rowing the boat? Uh, have we talked about how enjoyable uh, it is I'm, to row the boat? Have we done that? Brian. Just remember, guys, forget about me. I love you. Oh, man. That's a great one. That is a good that's one. That's a good one. So good. I wish I had thought of that. All right, oh, then. Uh, that seems like that'll about wrap it, us for, uh, wrap it up for us. Gophers on the road uh, this week against Purdue. 2.30 kickoff. Uh, make sure you tune in for that one. Will do. Yes, excellent. Uh, we thank our special guest, uh, Matt O'Connell. Um, follow him uh, at Matt underscore O'Connell uh, on Twitter, and as well, of course, uh, Frothy Gopher. You are at uh, Still Got Hope One on Twitter, and uh, 
follow his uh, blogging, which is pretty much a daily thing at this point at uh, stillgothope.com. Do I have all that right? I think I do. You do, yep, and I'll give it another week before I quit again, so enjoy it while you can. Good, I think we are all enjoying it, so uh, follow those gentlemen, uh, look at their work, we thank you guys both for being on, Uh, for JD as always, I am Jeff, Uh, stay classy and go Gophers. Row the boat, and for crying out loud, please enjoy it.